Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, Hockey World. It's Tuesday, August 30th, 2016. I'm Michael Agello. And I'm Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings. And we are sponsored by viewers like you at Patreon.com slash hockey. And we're sorry we're not doing a Patreon podcast today uh, the issue is we only had mike and i so we thought we should, we'd wait till tomorrow where we had russ back we can get some other people involved um to give you guys the patreon a little bit more for your money <laughs> than just mike and i talk prospects and stuff like that we were gonna get into that there's a cool prospect thing we we're talking about so um we'll get into that tomorrow with with russ on the patreon um because russ is coming back still from the upper deck prospects in toronto um and he's coming back today he'll be back later today so it's just Russ and I flying solo today, so um, we're going to try to keep you uh, entertained and updated for the next 40 minutes or so. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I was um, away last week a lot, you know, a lot of stuff going on, and and this list came out from the Hockey News, and you guys discussed it, the top 50 players. And I'm just catching up now on that, you know, because I was listening to XM this morning, and they started talking about it on XM, about how Ovechkin is not in the top 10 of the 50, top 50 players. And, and uh, I... I just I wanted to bring it up and discuss it briefly because I obviously didn't see the show last week and I'm sorry for those who did or who've already gone through this, but um, I just think that's insane. <laughs> Can I just throw it out there that it's insane that Ovechkin is not in the top five, nonetheless the top ten in the NHL. Well, I mean, <clears throat> when we looked over this list, the thing that glared and and w- w- what we surmised from looking at the list was this wasn't a list based solely on last year. This is right probably accumulative over the last few years, there is no way on God's green earth that Carey Price should be third in the league when Carey Price played, you know, I mean, he played two months last year and then was out the rest of the year with an injury. So there's no way he should be number three overall, you could say. Um, I mean, Ovechkin, my point of view was, I think he was 11th. He's 11th. Yeah, he was 11th, was the fact that, you know, in spite of being one of the best players in the league, he has never led his team to any anywhere past the second round of the playoffs. So he's sort of suffering from Alex Rodriguez disease when it comes to, you know, he's not a player who's come through in the minds of a lot of people in the clutch and that I think has, you know, lowered his you know the the his the opinion of him in mm. the eyes of some people uh and I mean I don't think he's 11th I think there's a couple people on that list that should be below him in the top 10, but I can see the justification of why uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's funny because we just had, when we did number eight, not too long ago on this, on the show, we talked about the greatest number eights now. And I arguably, and I guess you guys discussed this last week that I talked about Pavelski being maybe the best number eight right now over Ovechkin. Well, Pavelski's number 10, Ovechkin's number 11. And I, and I said that only to sort of play the counter side because obviously I didn't feel that was true, but I felt like Pavelski is, ha- is underrated and, you know, I had to pick somebody else because somebody had already picked Ovechkin. So I'm going with Pavelski um, as the greatest cur- cur- number eight currently. Um, you know, they kind, of, they kind of agree with me. I like, I love Pavelski. Don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously anybody in the top 50 in the NHL is, when you think about two teams of 25 players, you're talking about the two best teams in the NHL. So you're talking about incredible players, just 
out and out. Anybody in the list is great. So Pavelski's great, but just with what with what Ovechkin has done, even recently. I mean, even recently. Like if you're going to go recently, or if you're not going to go recently, I mean, he's just the amount that he 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 has scored since he came into the NHL more than a hundred goals more than anyone else in that period of time. <laughs> it's just insane. I mean, that is something that I mean he he has not been affected by the era of less scoring like everyone else has. He's still doing what players used to do when they scored this many goals. He, I mean, you can sit there and say that the team hasn't won, but it's so hard to put that on him. Well, see, no, I don't think it is hard to put on him because he's all encompassing when it comes to the capitals. I mean, he's the big scorer. He's the center of the, of the universe there. So if they don't go far in the playoffs, he carries a bigger burden than any other star sure. player on any other team. He carries a bigger burden than anybody else in the Capitals. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, conversely, if if they win, I think he deserves a lot more credit. But, you know, again, they were the best team in the league last year, win the President's Trophy, everything, and then they lose in the second round to Pittsburgh. I mean, to me, that I think if they would have gone further, if they would have gone at least to the conference final or gone to the Stanley Cup final, I think he would have probably been in the top five. I think the fact that they fell short again with him <clears throat> having such a good year and then you know not carrying through past the second round of the playoffs, I think was a mark was a a drag on his numbers. I get that, but of the top ten players, mm-hmm. how many went to the conference final? Two. Last year, last year, last year, two of them went there. I mean, and that would be Sidney Crosby and Pavelski. You know, um, but take, but take a, take, take a three-year window here. All right, take a three-year uh, window of the, of the three-year window. The only player who the, the only there are three players in the top ten that did not go to the at least the conference final: Jamie Benn, Connor McDavid, and Joe Pav- and uh, and uh, Eric Carlson. And Everyone yeah. else: Crosby, Kane, Price. Uh, 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 Taves, Doughty, Kopitar, uh, and Pavelski had all gone to the conference final within the last three years. Within the last three years, okay. that I get that, but um, you know, how does Kane rise from number eleven to number two after last year? Like I, I mean, Kane had a, a great, you know, we're taking regular season. He had a, he had the best regular season, so I get what you're. saying. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, he was the best player in the NHL last year. So all and right, I, and ironically, I, the the thing is, that you said about the number eight list. Dowdy and Pavelski are number eight. So in this list, Ovechkin's the the third number eight on the list. Yeah, isn't that crazy? In the top ten, uh, and you know, and Patrick Kane's got two eights. <laughs> so um, yeah, this is. I mean, it's really it is a big. It's, eight is the magic number on this list. <laughs> Crosby's eighty-seven. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say a couple players who I think are who are overrated on this list. Like, and I first, I don't think it's fair to put Connor McDavid into the top 10 right I, now. I agree. You agree with that? I mean, and I, as, as good as Connor McDavid is, and he is phenomenal and a fantastic player to watch and is obviously going to be in the top 10, you know, when I do my list of, of, you know, where, where this is in 2020. Yeah, sure. He's going to be there. But right now, based on, you know, one year where he only played half the year because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, before that, yeah, I think that, it's not, and and the other player that I really have an issue with here, on here, right off the bat, is is Anze Kopitar, who I yeah I, the, see I, I don't I don't have a I don't have a problem with Kopitar mm. because Kopitar has won two Stanley Cups he's a he's a he's a number one center he's a he's a dominant two way player I mean I think he, I think I don't have, I don't have any qualms with him I don't have any qualms with Taves 
I mean, honestly, I have qualms with Carey Price because of the injury. Uh, Jamie Benn won a scoring title and has been a pretty dominant player, so I I get that. I mean, I understand Eric Carlson won two Norris trophies, but he's he's defensively deficient in some ways. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I don't think I don't think he's the league's best defenseman, and you know, they have Dowdy ranked ahead of him, but he. You know, I could think of a couple defensemen who would rank higher than Carl. I mean, I think Carlson's one of the best defensemen in the league. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's a top 10 NHL player. Yeah, no. I mean, when I look at this list, I see Pavelski, McDavid, Carlson, Kopitar. Um, and I'll even go Taves, who I think I would put below Ovechkin. I mean, just in my – so I, I would have Ovechkin at maybe number five. Um, it, it, at, the, at the worst, you know, and I could argue that he'd be higher than Jamie Benn. Um, I'm not so I'm not totally disagreeing with the Carey Price thing here, only because of the huge difference he made last year um, and what we saw with that. It's hard, you know there were some jokingly people who said you know he should be MVP last year because he showed that he was a MVP, even though he wasn't you know after he got hurt. I mean Montreal Canadiens remember last year got off to the best start in that franchise's history, which is impossible to contemplate. You know that the Canadians. I mean you know there's a couple things that happened last year that were really interesting. I thought. Um, you know, in looking back, because I've been working on my previews. One is that, you know, the Canadians did get off, did, did not make the playoffs by a lot. Like they, that team was falling. That team was going away in a big way, right? As the season ended, Um, they were going the wrong direction. It wasn't like they were even in a playoff race. And yet they started off with the best start in their franchise history, which kind of goes very counter to the concept that if you get off to a huge start, you're guaranteed to make the playoffs, which is something that we've talked about for many years being the case, right? That, that if you may get off to a giant start, you, we sit there sometimes at the end of October and say, well, they're already in the playoffs. We, we said that about Montreal last year in the, at the end of October and because we felt well, like, why wouldn't we? Well, the funny thing is I think their best record in that winning streak that they had lasted until mid to late November. I mean, yeah. almost through the first two months. I mean, they, they were the best record in the first two months of the season and the worst record from thanks, American Thanksgiving on. They, oh, were yeah. wor- they were worse than Edmonton. They were worse than Toronto. They were worse yeah. than Vancouver. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, so it was true that with Carey Price and without Carey Price, that team was so vastly different that you can sit there and argue, okay, Carey Price is that important that he made a team look like the best team in the NHL, go from the best to the worst, you know, in a short period of time. And I think that that's a little unfair to throw all on Carey Price. But, you know, and – because I was one of those that's always said, well, Montreal's better than just Carey Price. Well, last year they didn't show that they were better than just Carey Price. And that's the reality is the reality situation. They know it. I mean, I've talked to players on the team. They know that that, that they hate it because that, that's something that they've talked about for years. And we're not just Carey Price. Well, right now we look like we're just Carey Price. And that's well, uh, I mean, that's something that those players can't stand. I, I could, Well, I mean, I, I know they can't stand it, but they, they really – they have no argument because of what what happened last year. I mean, I think yeah. that's I think that's one of the justifications for why PK Subban was traded. It's the old it's the old adage: we can finish, you know, we finished in last place with you. We can finish in last place without you. Right, he's right. The, he's the highest paid defenseman in the NHL, and without Carey Price, and with you can't say that Mike Condon and Ben Scrivens is average goaltending because I think it was below average, but without. Carey Price with PK's key band, that team was the worst team in hockey. So they had to address not only that situation, but the fact that the no-move clause came into effect on July 1st, and I think were two of the reasons why Subban ended up getting traded. Yeah. Um, Other players on this list I just want to throw out, because I was, you know, just for my opinions of it. Um, 
players that I think that are overrated, you know, for the what it's worth on this list. And 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 this isn't this I hate doing this list because I'm not trying to be negative, but because I obviously some of these players there's no question about it. You look at this list like okay, obviously, you know, that's my job. Right, that's usually your job to be the negative guy. I'll I'll play the negative side today and say that Patrice Bergeron at number twelve is too high, um, and I think that. And I, I, for some reason, I'm, I mean, I get ripped about this all the time because I'm not the biggest Patrice, Patrice Bergeron guy. Um, Bergeron and Jonathan Taves, I sort of put in, this, in, in, this, in the same category of two players that I know are phenomenal, that I want on my team completely, and I love them as players. They're great, but they are revered above them, above their actual status to me as far as, how the, as, far as their, their skill levels. Like, and that doesn't mean that you don't want them on the team, but they're both, they both have legends that grow beyond them. Yeah, but look at look look at the other player that you zero, zeroed in on, Kopitar. They're, those three are the same type of players. Yeah, they're not okay. They're not two way players, right? I agree. They're not spectacular offensively, but they're they're very good offensively. They're just as good defensively. Yeah, they're all good face off guys. You know, in in stratomatic terms, they, <laughs> they they were a four 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 triple passing. That's what they were. Oh yeah, they are, and they and you and they're they're usually important players. And I'm not again. I, I hate to rip them. I'm just saying at number twelve. Um, you know, Tyler Sagan at 13, okay, sort of. You know, I mean, Tyler Sagan's a great scorer, obviously. He's the opposite, right? He's just a one-way player. I think that's a little high for Sagan because Sagan yeah. not rounded out his game completely. I'm I'm of the Taves, Kopitar, Bergeron school. That's the type of yeah. center that I like. So if you, right. if you rate those guys and they rated them 5th, 7th, and 12th, to me, Sagan is maybe in the low, low lower to mid-teens because he's still learning how to play defensively. I mean, that's one of the reasons yeah. why Dallas is challenged to be a contender because right. they're all offense and defensively is is a problem for them. Right, right. Um, then Brent Burns at 14 is another one that I think is too high. And I like Brent Burns as well, but, you know, and, and he's, he did a great job last year with San Jose, but he is, you know, he's a one trick pony as well. And, and he does what he does really well. He's a great, he's a great, you know, offensive defenseman, but at times he can get lost in his own zone and he can, you know, different. and he's, so put him at 14 to put him like basically above Victor Hedman at 16. Doesn't make any sense to me. Like Victor Hedman's a much better for best, better offensively and better defensively than, than Brent Burns. Well, here, here's where the, here's where these rankings were basically, I mean, inconsistent because, if you factor in Carey Price minus last year where he was injured, then you're giving a lot of weight to last year when Brent Burns was amongst the best. That he was good, but like you said, he had yeah. some defensive yeah. liabilities. So all of a sudden he went to the stratosphere last year, and you're ranking him in the in the teens yeah. in the league based on one great year and a couple okay good years. Yeah, and one of, one of which he played forward, not defense. Right, right, and you know he, I mean, and and now you come to a player that I think is too lowly is too low rated in this thing, which is John Tavares, who I think is way better than he's given credit for. Like John Tavares is also a top ten player in my book, um, no question about it. Like, and he he is uh, he should be there. I mean, John Tavares above Pavelski, there's no question there. I mean, and I'm a Pavelski fan. Well, I, I think John Tavares should flip-flop places with Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid yeah. is a generational talent. There's no doubt. He had a very good rookie year, but he only played he played less than 50 games. Right. And so you're giving one player who had a 50-game win, less than 50-game window, 
opposed to a guy who was the number one pick in 2009 and has, has had pretty good to great years ever since. So that's yeah. that's where the inconsistency is in this, in this uh, ranking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and these rankings are all about this. This is what's fun about these things. So I, I'm totally fine with it. I'm not I'm not ripping on the on, on the hockey news at all. I think these are you know these are fun to do. I've seen other lists that put Connor McDavid as high as two or three in the league right now. There's definitely a Connor McDavid love out there that exists. Um, and there should be, I mean, he's a hell of a player and we'll see, he's going to be fascinating to watch in the world cup. I mean, that's, we're going to see Connor McDavid and we'll see what he's all about. I think we're going to really get a chance to see him, to see him shine. Yeah. I mean, you, you won't find an argument with me that thinks that Connor McDavid is going to be one, oh, yeah. one of the best players in this league, but and and he had a great rookie year, but he's not one of the best players yet. No, no, not yet, not yet. And and you know, and he, he, I don't even think he'd want to be considered one of the best players. I mean, he's got to he's got to earn his stripes too. He knows that, and this puts a lot of pressure on him right off the bat. You know, mm-hmm. it's really one of those situations that, I mean, Hedman. I have no problem with Hedman. You know, being 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 up there because Hedman is one of the top five defensemen. And that's the other thing about this list that's really difficult. It's really difficult to rank offensemen, defensemen, and goalies in the same fifty. Like. Because there's, it's what Carey Price means versus what Tyler Sagan. It's like this is you really you know goalies really need their own ranking altogether in my mind, and that they should really be ranked. It's hard to say put them in here with this group because, in a way, you could say the top five players in the league are goalies. I mean, you know, Braden Holtby is every bit as important. I mean, you know, there's, there's players that are usually important. Carey Price, Holtby, these guys are as important to anybody as important as anyone to their teams. You know, uh, so when you look at MVPs, goalies are always the MVP. Like, and, you know, Kevin Allen has this joke that, you know, he says sometimes we should call this game goalie and not hockey because it does come down to it in the playoffs often, you know, that like Jonathan Quick, without Jonathan Quick, where the hell are the Kings, you know? Um, it's like, this is really, this is really the reality of it, of it you know? Well, I, I think that symbolically that's the reason why Carey Price was put into the top three, but. Yeah. That's right, because you have to put him there, and and that's why I say that. So I, that's why I say it's kind of difficult to sit there and, and criticize it, but at the same time, I think what you can criticize is the concept, the concept of trying to compare Sidney Crosby versus Terry Kreiss and who's the better player, like who's the better player. I mean that they they just they're totally different, right? And what the, what 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 the hockey news should have done, and uh, you know, I, I've only seen the ranking; I didn't see it in the actual magazine, and maybe yeah. They- this was the criteria that they based this list on. Whether it was well, I have it here. Let me, I'll read it to you. Um, okay, so let's see. Um, I think this is – well, maybe. Um, all right, let's see if this actually says – I'll read you what they say here. Okay. Um, it boggles the mind to think about what Sidney Crosby may have been capable of had Mike Sullivan coached Pittsburgh all season long. Before Sullivan became the main – this is not about Sidney Crosby. This is just – this is how the article starts. Before Sullivan became the main man behind the bench, Crosby was in the midst of the worst offensive slump of his career with just six goals and 19 points in 28 games. But once Sullivan took over and deposed Mike Johnson, Crosby torched the field for 30 goals and 66 points in 52 games. In the end, it was Crosby hoisting his second Stanley Cup, went with a Conn Smythe trophy on the side for good measure, while reclaiming his crown as the best player on the planet. Not only is he trying to scale their case, so I'm just saying. So what does Crosby do for an encore? This is mainly Crosby, so I'm trying to see if there's anything in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> this I, is all Crosby, so they don't get into. They don't really don't get in it. Right, and I don't. I don't think that they listed a criteria like here. Well, they say okay, perhaps because the NHL has become a young man's league, the choices were were lead were legion, legion. So faster Crosby shoots more. Doesn't move off. Okay, perhaps because the NHL has become a young man's league, the choices were legion. We have seen other youngsters make big jumps. We, no, we have we have seen rookies make deep impacts in recent years, but we've also seen other youngsters make big jumps in development quickly. 
Because of that, expect next year's list to feature a lot of turnover. Mark Sh- Mark Scheifele, Justin Falk, Nathan McKinnon, Jack Eichel, Seth Jones, all great and worthy, but ultimately on the outside looking in for now. How will age affect players on the other end? For now, some of the old war, her- war horses, and we're being relative here since past 30 now qualifies as a contract risk after all, are still representing the permanent the perma stubble crowd. But for how long? Let's get the name. So they're basically saying, you know, that's. But they're not. They're not. See, they're not. They're not saying what they. They're not saying right. criteria at all. Right. right. So they're not saying, well, is it over a three-year window? Is it, you know, I mean, they're they're not including the criteria. So by doing that, they leave it open to critique because you can yeah. say, okay, are you basing this on the last three years? Okay, well, Carey Price was the best goaltender by leaps and bounds the first two years and had two great months and then got hurt. If that was right. a piece, then you can't you can't argue against him being third li- listed third. If it's based solely on what he yeah. did last year, he shouldn't be in the top fifty because he was out. Right, right. He was out last year, so it's 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 you know and and, and you know and if Ovechkin's based on last year, he had a hell of a year last year, you know, oh, so he should be up yeah. in the top ten. I mean, that's a um. So, all right, Hedman. Hopefully, they have at seventeen as the second goalie. Malkin at eighteen. I don't have an issue with that at all. Um, Goudreau at nineteen, a little bit high maybe, but. I love Johnny Gaudreau, so it's hard to say what his, his. I think we're only seeing the beginning of Johnny Gaudreau's potential, so I don't know where he's going to go. You know, eventually. Um, you know, then they go to Tarasenko, who was a really interesting character to me because he did disappear last year in the playoffs. Um, yeah, but it was injury. I mean, they think that yeah, was injury, sure, but he also and 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 you could also maybe blame Hitchcock for that, right? But and I, I think Tarasenko is a fantastic superstar of a player, um, but. Is he the twentieth best player? And then Getzlaff, who now, if we're talking Getzlaff at twenty-one, yeah, this is a guy. This is a guy who, until I think the the middle of January, had one goal. Right. I mean, last year he he's, he's, he we went from fourteen to twenty-one, so he did fall seven spots on their list. Getzlaff's an amazing player, but as he, you know, you put him ahead of like twenty-two is Stamkos. So tell me this. So Stamkos, you know, if if Stamkos and Getzlaff were both free agents, who would have gotten the who would have people been going for more? You know, if both were UFAs, it wouldn't have been close, right? So when I look about that, I'm thinking, how can you put Getzlaff ahead of Stamkos? Because honestly, everyone in the world thinks Stamkos is a better player than Getzlaff right now in his career. Yeah, I mean, Um, I mean, and again, if you use the the criteria that we were talking about, yeah, Stamkos suffers because he had a rough year. Well, I mean, he, he was out for the playoffs, but he had a good year up until the I right. Mean, well, right, he had a good year until then. But and, but, 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 Get, but Getzloff, first of all, he like I said, he scored one goal, you know, halfway through the season, and his team after even after he got jump started, his team got upset in the first round, losing to Nashville. So it's like, right. you know, that that's that that should mitigate his ranking. But right, right, um, you know, I, I, and Stamkos, I've I've been on the I've talked a ton about Stamkos over time, right? And I've been on the record as saying, you know, I really want to see. Stamkos returned to dominant form right now because the, these all these injuries. I mean, the, I mean the the blood clots, the blood clot, right? But before that, the injuries of the leg. He's had a lot of injuries. You know, I've got to see Stamkos before I, before I anoint him again as being this. And why I thought he was a really risky risky uh, signing for all the money he was signing with other teams was always that. Like I, I want to make sure that he's there. Uh, then Logan Couture, right? You know, and now. Again, a player that I, you know, it sounds like I don't like two-way players, but it's again, it's again, you know, a player who I questioned, you know, like I questioned when they put, when they put, when they moved Couture to the to Team Canada, um, which, you know, and they just put him on Team Canada. So actually to put him at 23 on this list is a little bit high based on at least what, you know, Team Canada felt because they didn't put him in their top 20 at all. You know, like 
he wasn't in Canada's top 20, and that's just Canadian players. So, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I again, I think I'm I'm more of, a, of a, an aficionado of the two-way player. Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean, I don't I don't have I don't have a problem with Couture being ranked in say the top twenty. I, I, I yeah. In, the, in tw- like 22 or 23, I think that's about right. I mean, I think maybe he should have gotten a little higher because he did lead San Jose in terms of points. Um, no, he did, and he and yeah, and, and it's true. And San Jose was a playoff team. I mean, they were a good team last year in the regular season, but remember they took off in the playoffs. Couture was a great playoff player until the final round, right? And then he sort of fell off. So yeah, yeah. and every everybody fell off. Everybody fell off, right? So and then Latang, who um. Is you know yeah, according that, to the, this the fifth best defenseman in the NHL? Um, okay, I can go with that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You know, Latang has gained much more respect for me over the years. I was not a Latang person at all until this last playoff run. I mean, I I liked him, but I didn't think I wouldn't have put him in the top ten of defensemen in the NHL. Now I think this is maybe about right. You know, he really did. He really did have a hell of a year last year, and he is he is a dominant player, and he's he's gotten rid of some of the stupid parts of his game too. But then. Ben Bishop at 25 and Jonathan Quick at 26. Um, makes no sense at all. Yeah. I mean, Ben Bishop didn't even, you know, I know he was hurt, but if he hadn't gotten hurt, I'm still not convinced he wouldn't, he would have been the goalie for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, but we says that's the thing. I mean, he was hurt, so there's no way to know. There's no way to, to prove that. Yeah, I know. What we happened? Know. You know, we what know. happened with his injury was weird too. And we know from what we've heard, and, and and but the thing is, there's no way to prove that situation would have happened if he was healthy. Right. So I think they're going under the assumption that, you know, I mean, I think I think the hockey news is going under the assumption that if Ben Bishop played in that in that series against Pitt, Pittsburgh, that Tampa would have won. Well, it's a seven-game series, right? It's like a one-goal series, essentially. So you could say that, yeah. I mean, right? That if they think Bishop's a better goalie, yeah, then they would have won. Um, and and you know, I I like Vasilevsky. I think he's a very talented young yeah, goaltender. I, but I I I you know, even though he made some spectacular saves, I thought at times he let in some really bad goals that ended up t- costing Tampa Bay. So I, I like I, yeah, and I like Bishop. I don't really like to Bishop, but you know, like at the end of the day, Bishop is going to be someplace else than Tampa. Yes. Um, which is which is a big deal because here's a goalie who's on the top. He's the twenty top twenty five player in the NHL according to Hockey News. who's going to be available. That's a big deal. But Jonathan Quick is going to start over Ben Bishop at the World Cup of Hockey. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Now you can sit there and argue that's just that's that's not com- comparable because of all that stuff. So in fact, Ben Bishop will be number three. He'll be behind Quick and Corey Schneider. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, and the list goes on. I don't want to go into the whole thing, but you know, like some of the other players, like um, it gets into Joe Thornton. It puts it twenty eight. Um, uh, and I'm a huge Thornton guy, but again, I just think that Thornton's not not number twenty eight in the NHL right now. Um, Kuznetsov, who it goes high on, is very risky in Kuznetsov and, and where he's going to go this year. I want to see what I need another year. I don't have enough sample to put him in the top thirty in the NHL. That that's that falls in the McDavid category. Yeah, but him even more so because we have more on Kuznetsov because we've seen another year of Kuznetsov. Well, yeah, like half a year I'm basically yeah yeah I mean and then you know John Klimberg 31 um interesting but I mean this is a you know this is this is a good statement on Klimberg and a really positive thing for Dallas and I think Klimberg is a great player too but um yeah. that's well, high that that is that is high I mean he had I mean he's established himself but I don't know if he's established himself to the point that he's you know one of the top seven or eight defensemen in the world. right 
Right. So, and other things to note on here. Okay. So, um, you know, a couple guys they've added, they added Taylor Hall, um, you know, but what's interesting here is, you know, no PK Subban's not on this list. Um, Shea Weber is on this list. So, you know, for all the Montreal fans that think they got totally robbed, it's, uh, you know, for that's worth hockey news doesn't think so. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I think that, I think they're very equivalent. Dustin Bufflin's on this list, which is, and I'm a Bufflin fan, but that's, that's a tough one for me. Um, and, uh, you know, and Palat is on this list, which is a tough one too. I mean, he's at 49 granted, but still Palat, you know, I don't know. So that's all. I just wanted to get into that. And um, I, I just think that Ovechkin just gets screwed all the time. And in my opinion, from the press, um, just, we have, it's just, you don't appreciate what you have guys. It's like, this guy is incredible. I mean, it, we know that he's Ovechkin and all that stuff. And I'm getting past all of the crazy hoopla and all the, just the fact that he can put these numbers together in this era, the fact he scored a hundred more goals, I think it's like 115 more goals than anybody else since he's entered the league. Those yeah. are huge things. Yeah, but okay. There was no disputing that. I'm one, sorry, PK Saban's on this list. I apologize. I messed up. There is no disputing that Alex Ovechkin is one of the best hockey players in the world. Will right. Chamberlain was one of the best basketball players in the world, but the problem was he never won. He 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 didn't win as many championships as he should, right. based on the fact that how good of a player and how dominant of a player he was. That is right. what is hurting Ovechkin right now. He has no Stanley Cup victories. Right. That right. you know now that might be they may have been partially the fault of George McPhee and of Bruce Boudreau and of the organ of the Washington Capitals organization, but last year they finished. Best in the league. They had one of the best goaltenders in the league. Right. They had a really good defense. They had balanced scoring, and they still didn't win. Now he may win in the next right. year or two, and that will shoot down my argument. But that I think is the main bone of contention against yeah. Alex Ovechkin, and I don't think it's going to disappear until he finally shakes that off and wins that Stanley Cup. <clears throat> right. Um, I apologize. PK Subban's on this list. Actually, he's higher than Shea Weber, so that's my nope. my um, brain mistake here. Um, National celebration. Right, so PK is at thirty six, Roman Yossi is at thirty seven, and Weber is at thirty eight. So they put those all those guys together. Um, so that gives you know, and they put Claude Giroux at thirty five, which is again, I think that's I think that's about right. So um, for, for Flyers fans out there, I think you know, I do want to see. Although Claude has a, a possibility of falling off this list, he's got to pick it up this year um, in the scoring department. You know, he he does everything well, but he needs to. He also needs to score, you know, at eight million a year. He needs well, to score goals. I mean, don't don't you think that the the downturn offensively of Voracek hurt Giroux a lot last year? I mean, I think yeah, I think so. And I, I but I think also this, there's sort of they although they played together on the same line and they did assist on each other's goals quite a bit. They they don't. It's interesting how they did it. You know, it wasn't like you saw Voracek being set up by Giroux or Giroux being set up by Voracek all that often. It was more or less, you know, mo- both of them carry the puck. Both of them are puck carriers. Both of them like to get in the zone. So, you know, they might've touched the puck before it got to him, but it wasn't like straight. Most of the goals, you know, in two years ago where Voracek was creating the goals himself and Giroux was creating the goals himself for the most part. So I, I think the Hackstall system affected both of them big time. Um, and it wasn't until the end of the year that they both started to sort of get into it. So if, if and understand how they could be the best they are in Haxtell's system. So I think the Flyers fans are in for a treat when that comes around, but that's just too, that's, that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, all right. So let's, let's get into some rumors. Thanks for going through that list again with me, guys. I just had to get it off my chest cause I'm watching it and I'm like, this is like, uh, 
I love these lists and I'm working on mine now. And if anybody has any suggestions for, you know, who you think the top 50 players of 2020 will be. So I'm trying to go four years out because my daughter just entered high school. She's the class of 2020. So I thought that was a fun year to pick. Um, who, you know, who the best players, who the top 50 players of 2020 will be. Um, you know, some of them might not be in the league yet, but I think, you know, I think most of them will be. So, you know, we'll see, Oh, you know, including, you know, Mr. Matthews, who's not in there yet, but will probably be on that list. All right, so let's get into some rumors. Um, stuff going on in Buffalo, Mike, uh, with, with Ritzelainen. Um, what is the latest? I was reading a Garth's article on Hockey Buzz. It was pretty good. I'm going to bring up some of that. So what's the latest that you've heard up there with well, I mean, there, was a, there was a report out of Finland this morning that uh, Ristolainen sp- spoke to some of the, someone in Finnish media and said there has not been any talk between him and the Sabres uh, for a while and that he doesn't expect to re-sign with them until uh, after the World Cup. Now, the thing is, the yeah. World Cup starts September the 17th. It, it ends the uh, beginning of October. That's right in the middle of the exhibition season, so you're talking about a week to ten days before beginning of the regular season and this is a guy who I you know I, I you know I'm not privy to the negotiations between Tim Murray and Ristolainen's agent but you have probably a defenseman here who has played since he was drafted you know uh, as an 18 year old has put three pretty good years had a career year last year as 20 or 21 year old he's expecting that six seven year mm-hmm. five plus million dollar contract and Either the Sabers are playing hard to get, or they're trying to uh, get the bridge deal. Yeah. And and the bridge, you know, the bridge deal is what uh, one uh, one of the uh, RFA defensemen who just recently signed agreed to. Uh, in uh, it wasn't Truba, but um, oh, Cody Cece. So I mean, but the thing is, we're talking apples and oranges here. Cody Cece is a fine young defenseman. Ristolainen is a number one defenseman. He's a yeah. he's a yeah. franchise cornerstone defenseman. Right. And you know, if you if you're if you're doing this to get a little better of a of a cap hit on a long term deal, fine. But they have Gergensons and they have Ristolainen still unsigned, and we're at the beginning of September. So I, it's a little concerning for the Sabers and for Sabers fans that these guys aren't locked up yet. Now, like Garth points out a couple things that I think are really are really true about this. And he says, you know, uh, that he's not alone, obviously, you know, in this other players competing at the World Cup that don't have contracts. And, you know, I mean, Johnny Gaudreau, Lindholm, you know, we just talked about Jacob Truba, Kucherov. Um, they're all also RFAs. Um, and, you know, they'll be they're going to be covered by supplemental insurance during the tournament, too, which is another thing that was coming out there. If you're not signed, are you covered by insurance? And they are right. So. That doesn't really help them too much, though, <laughs> to be honest. I would rather sign the contract before the tournament if I was them because supplemental insurance is based on their old contracts, and, you know, that's um, that's not really a good thing for them. So these are players that are, they're due, that are taking on a lot of risk by playing this tournament um, if they, you know, based on what we think they're going to get. Um, he's, you know, Garth seems to think around six, six, you know, six per, you know, six, 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 $36 million contract type. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's in the ballpark. I think yeah, that I think that's what yeah. that's what Rista Lane is probably looking for. I'm not so sure that this, that's what the Sabers are wanting to yeah. pay. Yeah, yeah. Cody Franz in under contract for another year. You've got Zach Bogosian and his deal, which you know he hasn't lived up to, in my estimation, since they since they got him from Winnipeg. They're paying Josh George's close to four million dollars, and you know he doesn't contribute any any great uh, offense right. ability. Right. So right now they have two or three contracts 
just on the blue line that I think are overpayments. And that's right. the problem. That's the problem. Now, he puts his comparisons with um, – with uh, Dougie Hamilton, Tyson Barry, and Seth Jones, who are all right around five and a half. Right. Um, Dougie Hamilton's a little more than that, five seven five. But um, I think those are fair comparisons. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. I think if he gets if he gets a seven year deal, I think it'll go six because you're buying a year of unrestricted free agency. If it goes right. six, then I think it'll be in that five five to five yeah. seven five range. Yeah, I mean that seems to make sense. Um, yeah, I, and I, you know, he is. I mean, I don't think a lot of people realize what he is about Bristol-Line. I think, I think he's really one of those players, that unless because the Sabres haven't been a team that a lot of people have watched over the last couple of years, to be honest. If you're not in Buffalo, you know, they haven't been playing meaningful games, really. They've been sort of under the radar, you know, Bristol-Line. I don't think really people really know what kind of a player or how good of a player he is. I mean, yeah. he's. You know. a, I think, you know, remember, he is only in, in his very early 20s. Yeah big he's durable he's got endurance i think he's a 25 to 30 minute defenseman who has size who won't get pushed around who won't get worn down he's a number one defenseman and that's and that's a tough that's a rare commodity in this league super so, rare commodity super rare commodity so what you know it really it behooves the savers organization to get him locked up for as long as they can for as little as they can right oh yeah yeah no money there uh, this was sent to me too. Speaking of the Sabers, um, I love this. Okay, so this is um, this is an old an old memory that I remember. I believe I was at this game. It took place in Buffalo, though. I was a Buffalo Buffalo Sabers uh, versus Philadelphia Flyers um, game in the. I think this was a playoff game, if I'm right. And this is the Barnaby Garsnow fight. Do you remember uh, this? So yeah, the tap. The as yeah, I yeah, Garsnow like kind of like just pokes at him and stuff like that. This is good. I got to show you guys this. This is this is like. Infamous for sure. Yes, I I, ref, I referred I referred to this play. If you look at Gar Snow's stick, okay, yeah. So right, watch his stick. So here, right, that's his stick that comes in right there. Barnaby just goes nuts on Garth, and that's all that that's all that Barnaby needed. He was just waiting for that. Yeah, and that's Rod Brindamore that jumps on top of Barnaby right there. Yes. Um, and there comes the you know the Andre Trefeloff, the former Calif. <laughs> right. I love the little tap that you know that's people forget like the how much of a bastard Barnaby was as a player. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah. He's a great, he's been a, become a really good analyst, I think. And I, I like watching the stuff he does and, you know, on Sportsnet and our, I think it's Sportsnet CBC, Sportsnet, right? Um, I know he's contributed to, to uh, their website, but I'm not sure if he's working for them. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I think Barnaby's like, you know, but he was like, he was public enemy number one for about three years in Philadelphia. I mean, there were yeah. a couple of playoff series these two teams had against each other at that time that really just kind of emphasized it. And Barnaby would throw the gloves every once in a while, but the thing was Barnaby used the fact that Rob Ray and Brad yeah. were, two, who right. were two of the more scary fighters in the league were on that roster as well, so it gave him free reign to be a little bit of a, a professional disturber and get underneath people's skin. He could do that with the protection that he had those guys on the bench with him. And Bob Bootner was another... Another saber player who would throw, drop the gloves and throw them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's really. Uh, I and people forget that Garth and um, Garth Snow at this time, Garth Snow and Ron Hextall were teammates on the Flyers. Um, now they're of course they're they're GMs in the same division, which is pretty funny. But they were you know starter and backup. And Hexy was of course this was a this was a very I remember the time thinking wow that's a Hextall that was a Hextall move by Garth Snow like I remember thinking that that's like a Hextall thing not. Garth wasn't known for being a dirty goalie or anything like that. So, but although, Hextall, of course, would do something like that if you sneezed although, on him. Although Garth, you know, Garth, and to me, the most, 
the most infamous goalie fight was not Hextall and Felix Potvin, was not Patrick Waugh and Chris Osgood. In Buffalo, the most infamous fight was Garth and Steve Shields. And I think I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, Snow and Shields. Yeah, let me bring that up. That was a good one. Was in a playoff game too. Then the 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 Sabers were the Sabers were leading that game, and that then I think the Lindros and Leclerc came. They rallied and came back in that game and won. So yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let me let me bring that. Let me bring this up and see if I can find this one because that and, was a that was an awesome one. Yeah, here it is. And the funny the funny thing Hold is, on. it's coming up here. I'm gonna... Yeah, as you're pulling that up, if you yeah. watch the, if you watch the replay, there is a Sabers player. Who is yelling and screaming at Garth Snow? Okay, here's the replay. Okay, it, it gets, when they go towards the bench, that's when they basically okay, so. pull away from each other. Here, there's Snow there, and Shields comes in just in about a minute. Right. There's Snow on the Snow's the goalie, right? Snow, Snow, is, Snow is in Snow is in the crease. Right, Snow's in the crease right there. Yeah, so he's coming out there. As soon as he sees Shields, he there he goes. Okay. Right. Right. And they pull away. They pull away from the linesman, and they there they there you go. <laughs> yeah, and, and this they, continues. They eventually, they eventually get loose from each other, and they and they. Uh, and they have they, an, yeah. a good old fashioned knockdown brawl. Let me see when I can get to it. Yeah. Sean, Sean Anton, or Dan Cordick and and Rob Ray there. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's of course the classic, right? They would say, "Okay, here's we're going to go forward a little bit. Here's when they get together here." Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yes, because Brad May went after went after Snow because Snow was going after Shields. Here we go. Okay. Of course, Snow's got his mask on, which is lame. Yeah, but it it gets yanked off eventually. Okay, now you got it. Now you got it going on. There you go. Yeah. Watch the saber player on the bench yelling and screaming into. <laughs> yeah. Right there. There you go. Excellent. Yeah, screaming there. That's a good one. Oh my gosh. And I don't know who that is, but. Oh man, the one I remember. This is an interesting little subtopic of goalie fights. All right, so see if I can find the one I remember. Um, I'll go I'll cut off this while I look for it. Was um, it took place in a preseason game in New Jersey with Hextall, his first year. Um, Who you fight, Chris Terreri? I think it was Terreri, right? <laughs> I think it was. Um, and it was like it was crazy because I was. Oh, you know where is it? Boucher, actually, I think I'm thinking of Boucher um, goalie fight. Let me see if I think it might have been Boucher, actually. Um, Brian Boucher. Well, then it wasn't as exciting because if it had Hextall, you knew it was. Uh, it might have been um, Brian Boucher. Let me see. Oh, hold on. All right, so this is a stupid thing, but yeah, I'll find it. There was a Brian Boucher. I think it was Brian Boucher. It was a, it was a it was like a really like preseason game, and it was in New Jersey, and. Um, Maybe a goalie fight. You get a lot of other things. Um, New Jersey. I got to find this. I, I'm pretty sure this is it. I remember this was crazy because no one thought anything of it, and Boucher just they came flying down the. Here it is. All right. I think this is it. Yeah, this might be it. Um, this is like he just came flying out of nowhere and completely took out this guy. I, I I can't find it. Uh, maybe it might have been Hextall. My memory is so bad, but I I for some reason think this is Brian Boucher. Well, maybe we can maybe we can find it and play it tomorrow. Yeah, I'll find it for everybody. I mean, Felix Pot. There was a great Felix Pot fan one with um. If you remember, Hextall, Felix yeah, Pot fan fight. Here's a good one. I'll bring this one up for everybody just for the heck of it. All right, so hold on. This is this is oh, this is this was awesome. Okay, I remember this too. Okay, hold on, Hexy. This is this is Hextall's best. 
pauses for a second, bring us up here. So hold on. Here we go. So oh, this is good stuff. This is like, this is good stuff. Here we go. All right. So here's Hex starting down the ice and now taking off his equipment as he flies down the ice. Ready? Here we go. So here he comes. Um, yeah, this is, and he's heading towards, you know, Felix Pop Band just to take him out. You know, he's just like. <laughs> yeah, Felix was ready. Felix won this fight. Yeah, I think he did. If I remember right, this was like, and you know, this was like, you just don't see these kind of things anymore. But Hextall was insane, of course. Um, it, you know, as a fighter, and he was. I mean, the thing about Hextall was he really didn't have any upper body strength at all. And the funny thing is, look at if you saw the replay there, everybody was watching this. Oh yeah, time. no, you had to watch it. I mean, the goalie fights are crazy because you got all these giant, you know, chest protectors and arm pads and then things flying all over the place and everybody's you know back then this is before like these streamlined equipment so they had like pounds and pounds of weight on them as they were doing this thing and Hextall of course was bald at, at age 25 so he's like you know well t- tomorrow tomorrow when we have a rest on the show I have to I have to bring up something that I'm sure he'll remember and that's Dan Cloutier the Rangers goaltender who challenged the New York Islanders bench <laughs> oh yeah yeah I remember that I remember that too Oh my gosh! By the bench, and shit, you know, and this is the bench that had Chris Simon and a few psychopaths on it. So yeah, oh yeah. Well, we'll show that tomorrow. Oh, we'll show that tomorrow. I mean, we at some point we could have a fun show with just Hextall highlights because Hextall was took out players all over the place too. I mean, I and I was there for a lot of them. I was there for the Kent Nielsen slash. <laughs> I was there for that one. I was there for the Chris Chelios one too. That was crazy. Um, you know, where he just, in the middle of the play, just went over and, as the play was going on, and Chelios was on the half board, just went over and took him out, <laughs> not even caring that the play was continuing. Um, you know, and the Nielsen, Nielsen slash, he should have been, he was suspended for like 20 games for it. He should have been suspended for more. Honestly, it was it was that brutal. But uh, there's, I mean, he was a fun goal. And, you know, the funny, the funny thing about his personality now and seeing him in the, where he is now is so is so vastly different, people say. But I don't, I wonder, you know, really, like I've said many times, behind the scenes, like, from talking to people, I think all, what you're seeing is he was always stubborn and always thought he was right. And I, as a goalie, and if you didn't do done something that he that he thought was right, um, he would go after you. Um, and I think that that's basically what you're seeing is you know you're seeing that and early on that meant not doing anything. But you know, and you would expect more of like a Patrick Wad type of person in Hextall because of the way he played on the ice. But I think over time you'll see, you really are, you might see that. <laughs> I think I, I give him, give him time. As I've said, give Hextall time to figure out what he's doing here. And before he starts to, we start to see the actual uh, angry, angry Ron Hextall that we like to see. But I'm going to talk to Boucher because I, I talked to me. I'm going to find out if that was indeed him. Cause I, I remember this preseason fight with him so well. And I, it might've been Billington or something. Somebody like that it was somebody crazy like that. Um, for New Jersey, I don't think it was. It was. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Marty Verdor. Um, but because I'm pretty sure it was a preseason game, and it was. I think there were maybe 500 people there in this crowd because it was. A, it was in New Jersey back in the days when New Jersey had nobody in the crowd, and I was. I went up to New Jersey as a fan and watched it, and it sat like 10 rows from the ice because there was literally. I bought tickets in the sky, but there was nobody there, so I sat like 10 rows from the ice, and and we had gotten up because there, there was a whole long break. We had gotten up to go to get food. And then people started screaming. We turned around, and there comes one. There comes Flyers goalie. I'm pretty sure it was Boucher flying down the ice, like just like we saw with Hextall there, taking on this goalie. Great stuff. Fun, fun, fun stuff. All right, guys, uh, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining again. Tomorrow we're doing doing a Patreon show. I'm gonna guess tomorrow we'll do it after our show at normal, like three three o'clock. But we'll talk to Russ. Stay tuned and find out for that. We'll do a regular show at one, um, and then see what Russ is up for for the Patreon show as well. 
Um, remember without the buzz, it is just hockey. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for watching. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh,